Welcome to Go Home Eat, a wrestling podcast. We're going to just do an AEW-specific podcast today. I have Jared here. Ray is here, but he is working feverishly on the music podcast that we'll be doing soon as well. Check that out sometime, Ray's Music Reviews. We're doing a classic album, uh, Raise Your Skinny Fists we, Like Antennas to Heaven. We do, we do classic albums. Periodically. Most of the Most time. Most of the time, yeah. Not a lot of contemporary music. But contemporary wrestling, AEW. Yes, Hangman Page versus Cage, FTW. Champ attacks pre-bell. I will say the the little Chiron said got jumped by high schooler, like to make fun of Hook. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, as soon as that pops up, he gets jumped by Brian Cage. It was just just beautiful instant karma. Right. If right. karma is like bad, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of good things happening, mm-hmm. you know, bad. Well, I think karma can be either. That's Dark true. Dark Order comes out, and we get to a match eventually, and. Cage winds up winning on a drill claw. I was stunned at the finish there. Um, I think it's the right choice, though. I think it, it makes sense. How does it make sense? Um, I don't think they want to tell the hang... Well, first, I don't... Outside of kayfabe, I don't think they want to tell the hangman story, not in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. So the next pay-per-view they have where they have like pretty good attendance, they'll probably start moving towards that direction. But I do like the surprise. I do think Cage getting this moment is really cool. I also think that Hangman, you know, he's been winning every single match up until he's winning a match to become number one contender against Kenny, and then he loses? There's a little bit of something there, even if it wasn't clean. There's some level of of game that he was thrown off of. I mean, Brian Cage was reading him like a book in terms of, like, countering his moves and stuff, which does make Brian Cage look smart, which does make Hangman look... A little unprepared, a little hesitant and out of it. Right. I thought it was great, though. I thought the match itself the was The match awesome was too. very good. Right, right, right. I love I just seeing didn't... Brian Cage lob dudes around. Yeah, I do think that Kenny has business to attend to anyway, so putting Hangman into that program to win the title doesn't make sense right now because the story has now become Kenny the belt collector, and I would guess you want him to lose the other belts before he loses yours. Yeah. Or... Well, no, actually, you'd probably want him to lose yours first and then lose the others. Because you don't want your champ to go on a losing spree. (laughs) If he's still your champ, if that makes sense. And that would be, now, fantasy booking down the road, that'd be a fascinating story to tell, though. If he loses his belt, the A-Dub belt first. And it looks like they're going to, later on... Literally just go on a round trip around the globe, losing every other belt would be hilarious. Well, one thing (laughs) they've done, though, is they... Remember, they they got... Mox defending uh, IWGP belt, right? That's all I want to talk about. This week's episode was off the chain, and all I want to talk about is is Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley on the twelfth. Right. So if if we can do that in theory, then you can have Kenny wrestle Phoenix for the AAA title and oh, lose yeah. and get into, go into a further state of crazy, and then have him lose the impact belt on your show to somebody else. And that would be fascinating if you wanted to put him into a doldrums after being so high up and have his character have to fight back. I love that. I love the, the, the crash in a lot of these stories. I love that. you can go anywhere from there. If you wanted to, they can go crazy. They can go redemption arc, you know, it's interesting. Right. So if, if, so this match is over, we do a limo promo with your, uh, belt collector, Kenny Omega. Do they have a name for him? Uh, the whole group, the super elite, the super elite. 
Okay, which is the Good Brothers are in there. I don't think Ken has pants on. He said it's okay though. Um, yeah. Don Callis is there. The Bucks are there, and wearing one of them's wearing questionable. It looks as if maybe it's an eye mask to sleep with. That's I kept thinking. I think that's what it is. But it was fuzzy, and he wore it to the ring, so I'm going to assume it was supposed to be some form of. But nice headwear. I don't know. It was odd. I it had to like it. I don't understand what it could have been other than an eye mask. It made me hate him though, which is effective. That's what was the point. Yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> they right. dress like assholes. Yeah, eventually, it turns into. Ken, uh, the Bucks are of course going to be wrestling later in the evening against the Sidels, and Kenny says they're going to you know make their case or showcase who they are, and then he says that. Kingston has, you know, drawn his ire due to the attack on the brand new, spacious, wonderful RV that they attacked with a discount RV truck last week. And then he sicks his goon on him. Nakazawa, yeah. Nakazawa, <laughs> who looked a little bit surprised as the driver of the limo that he's become a, a goon all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, I love I love that. And I love the, the moment where he's like, look into my eyes. I am not afraid. And then Nakazawa accidentally honks the horn and they all freak out. It was just... I don't know. I, I like that segment. I I somewhat did not enjoy Gallows just kind of sitting there w- wiggling a lot of the time, just always doing something. <laughs> Which, it, it's kind of funny, but it's also a little bit distracting. Yeah, I Again, think so. I'm, I'm just not the world's biggest fan of Gallows and Anderson. Right. Now, um, then we get the Bucks. Well, you called him Ken Anderson. <laughs> I did call him Ken Anderson. <laughs> I just caught that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My bad. All right, so the Bucks take the ring heelishly in their heelish clothing, and they wrestle the Sidels, and it was a fast-paced match. I know you loved it. I loved it. I mean, what I've come to realize, and and this was, like, I guess the culmination of it, is that the Bucks matches aren't at all like a lot of other people's matches. They're kind of, oh, how did I compare it to? Kung Fu movie. Like a Kung Fu movie with, like, little one-liners and stuff. I just, I don't know. When I was watching this, it all just clicked for me because Matt and Mike were doing the same thing. Right. Um, did he uh, Matt Jackson doing the Johnny Cage straight nut punch? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we have a name for like a straight Johnny Cage punch, but I don't know. I just had a blast. A, a testicular I, I, jab. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ringing the chimes. Yes, I think that would be a good one. They did do a twin magic spot, which was nice. Which we're is one, funny, because they're not twins. Right, correct. <laughs> they don't look that much alike. And your referee totally like knew what was going on, kind of facially admitted he knew what was going on. But the match continues. Cause, you know, hey, hey, in all honesty, Matt almost got pinned because of that, too. He, he would have been the illegal man as well, so they almost lost. Right. And then, Again, I don't the, know. This match was just a blast. I right. just I had so much fun. Again, though, I think the ref's on the payroll, because for the final tag-in, you have a buck literally walking away from the turnbuckles. He's not facing turnbuckles. Like, like the rope is not an issue that he's supposed to hold. He's walking away from it. Tags himself in, and they double team the dude and get the pin. I'm like, that referee, Rick Knox, is in the super blind, elite. He's, dumb. No, he's in the super elite. Oh, okay. oh, you think he's been paid off? He needs to be. What'd you think about the match, though? It was alright. I, I, I had fun. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? That was the point of it. I had fun. It didn't. I, I really actually. Seidel, like, yes, is still way ahead of gravity. Yeah. At a, at a, you know, he's been wrestling a long time now. At this point, he was a SmackDown back in the day, day. Like Edge and Christian are talking about these comebacks they made. 
Seidel was a contemporary of those guys back then. That's crazy. And he's still, like him and Morrison, both those guys just still, gravity doesn't matter. I want to know what, what they do. And Yoga? Morrison, to some degree, does utilize like springboards and stuff to do a lot of his moves. Seidel can just jump off the ground and do something crazy still. Yeah, he did like a twisting senton. It was crazy. It was. It was Again, it's like, oh, I don't know that I've seen that lately. And then it's like, but I... I Definitely haven't seen that lately from a guy in his mid thirties. Shoot, it's crazy. It great. Also, I uh, I would like to point out that it, the um, twin meteor meteora. Yes, that looks dangerous. Yes, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there because it's four it's four knees and a head, and you're supposed to split the difference. Yeah, right, man. That they've they've hit one time they hit it, and I want to say it looked like they. Went a little wide just to make sure. And this time, they hit it perfect. But I was oh, like, man, if he would have missed shoot. a little bit in, that's a nose or an or orbital bone or something. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. But that, that being said, I mean, look at the dudes in the ring. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't trust anyone else more to do a move like that. Well, I mean, all the buck is doing is sitting there. Falling, yeah. yeah he's just waiting. So, that, <laughs> he's at the mercy of the other two guys. But it does look great. And as long as they can do it, you know, keep doing it. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, I, I totally want to mention real quick from that match. There was a point where Nick uh, Jackson gets in a submission and he's screaming at the cameraman, Cameraman, help me! Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it just, little moments like that made the match so fun for me. Right. Now, Frankie comes out and he says uh, something and then Daniels grabs the mic and it gets a little bit, uh, I don't know if better is the right word, but... They're going to wind up challenging the Bucks here, and he uses the new catch. The new catch word, the new big word in pro wrestling is entitled. Yes. Everybody that's talking to somebody calls Look, them entitled. Just wait until Ronda comes back. Oh, yes. Well, the neat thing about the word entitled currently, if you are some form of a wrestling the wrestler that gets promos, is politically both sides utilize entitled to describe completely different things. And then, so it winds up being it's a it's a huge lightning rod for both sides. Yeah, so if absolutely. you call somebody it's entitled, right, you really piss them off. And then they, he says you're entitled. He says you're what was it? Uh, overdressed. Overdressed. And then he uses the other big word that's always been there. Bitches. The B word. Yeah. yeah I just had it. Yeah, he said the B word. And so then, of course, we're going to get a program because you're not going to call somebody a P word. No, and it, not get a program. This program is going to be awesome, by the way. This yeah, is, it's just is this it for them? Because Pro- then they say if they lose, they'll quit, right? Yeah, they'll they'll quit being a tag team at the very least. SoCal, SoCal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I heard something crazy. Evidently, when Flair main evented the last Nitro, mm-hmm. he was only one year older than Christopher Daniels is currently. Wow, they have lived different lives. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, just. I just, would say though that the last Nitro Flair headlined was not a great match for him, but you know, about a year later, he went on a run where he was tag teaming with Batista, and he had some good matches. And then, of course, he has the Hunter match, which is pretty good. And then he has the Sean match that he goes out on, which was really good. I mean, I, so I mean, he did have some good work in him left. But just optically, when you look at them, Flair looked much older 
Flair could have been 60, 70 in that last match, and you would have been like, wow, he's moving great for a 70-year-old. But he wasn't. You know it, what it, I mean? It, tough he, tough just, life. He's, yeah, he's lived it like Difference that. Difference in lifestyle, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. The and fact that he's still doing pretty good is crazy. Right. But shout he, out to him. We almost lost great. him a couple times. And yeah. yeah, he's still hanging in there. Uh, there's something to be said for being slap ornery. Yes. And believing that no matter what, you're what matters. Yeah. You know what by I mean? God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and he, I live and, by that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great code. Orange Cassidy versus Penta with Alex. What uh, did you think here? <laughs> I loved it, man. I did too. I did too. It's, it, it's, I like it's, all the way from Penta's little roach mask that he was wearing or fly mask, whatever that was. Yeah, Alex Abrahantes coming out and just being a, a damn fool. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, I just... I don't know. The first, at the very least, the first half of this dynamite, I just felt like I was just just giddy fun the whole time. Right. When when Penta comes out and he does all the the big character spots that he does, and Orange Cassidy is doing you know the the kind of like slow movements, and Penta's like over there twitching, mm-hmm. looking at him. It's it's just perfect. I also felt like this was the first time we've not the first time, but In a we while. had not seen Orange Cassidy. Yes. What I would call vintage Orange Cassidy Lowell. The the Full leg gimmick. kick at the beginning of the of the match, the hands in the pockets, the first part of the match wrestling with the hands. He had kind of since the Jericho feud, there were times where he kind of then he was in some other kind of blood feud type things where um blood orange yes. feuds, if you will. <laughs> uh so anyway, it works. You know, and I, I appreciated seeing those two the Penta gimmick get to dive into the orange gimmick and yes. not do it and not do yes. it as a blood feud and let us play. It's just, it's fun. The the whole spot where he stops the arm breaker by putting his hand in his pocket again. I just I had a blast. Was not it, happy it was with a, Penta losing though. A meeting of the characters. Right. You know I wasn't happy with Penta losing though. No, I mean. But not like it wasn't good for the rivalry. No. Because, I mean, he won the same way the week before. The, the mic gets flipped over into the into the opponent's hands, and he eats the mic upside the head. He takes the pin. Totally makes sense. They're going to do more of this. Why wouldn't catch us, you know? Or, you know, Goose being related to Gander, that type of thing, right? And so we move along because we have a blood and guts parlay in which Chris Jericho told us last week that we would be having war negotiations tonight. We did not, in fact, get war negotiations. We got dueling promos instead. Which, I mean, yeah. What did you think of these dueling promos? Pretty good. I, I liked some parts a lot, and I did not like some parts as much. Okay, I thought that Sean did well. I thought yes. FTR did well. Yes. I thought the other FTR did well. I think that Santana, uh, Beard and Bald, I yes. believe their names are. Yeah, Beard and Bald. Yes, yeah. like Axe and Smash. Yes. And I thought they did well. I felt like the MJF portion of this, it um, dude, it almost felt to me like somebody said, "Hey, man, you can't make Jericho look bad like this." I I feel that it's. It, uh, did it? Yeah, I, I liked pretty much all the parts except for MJF Jericho, which is kind of odd. Right, and Jericho. Well, my whole thing was MJF basically spent his time putting Jericho over. And then saying at the end, I'm going to supplant you. Right? And that was not... That was he, not the, the That tone. was not the tone at all last week. And so it was like, man, the rest did of somebody the pull that dude to the side and be like, what are you doing, man? That's Chris. That's the Golden Goose. It was strange to me. And even... Not even stranger. Chris, I thought the thing Chris said about Hagar having his back in 2012... You know when he had to escape the country or whatever. Is that assassination? I had no. I was like, assassination attempt. What is he talking about? Google it. It's it's there. 
black and white. It really happened for sure. But I'm sure somebody attacked him, right? Yeah. And Hagar got in the way. Um, then I, I I liked what he had to say about Sammy. I liked all of that. But when it got back to them two talking, and again he calls MJF entitled and all that, it just it, it didn't have it for me. No. And dude, the key to this is it does not matter if it had it for me because I went to my Twitter machine and they were oh, in love with crazy. it. So great. You know what I mean? And I I liked, what's I liked important is not it. necessarily my opinion. You know, the important thing is everybody else. But uh, I will say I want to give a shout out to Santana. I think that dude's a star. Yeah, you've been saying that. We've we've been saying that for quite a while. I know. But I mean, just, he just, when, when he was talking, it was just so easily believable. I don't know. Just there, there was an authenticity to what he was saying where it's just, see, I felt it with him. See, that's the thing about both those guys is they do feel authentic, which makes them weird in the realm of Jericho. You know what I mean? Jericho comes out with the, the biker jacket with like the skull hand on it. And, and it's I'm like, this guy, on the sleeve? It, what I what know, is dog. anti? I mean, come on, dude. What's anti tough guy more than a biker jacket with Porsche on it? Uh, baffling. Or maybe it had like a, a red X on it. Uh, I don't know. It was. It just. It seemed very inauthentic, and I saw people being like, "Oh man, face Jericho rules." I'm like, dude, he beat up an old guy like two months ago. Yeah, bloodied face, him. <laughs> face Jericho rules. Yeah, I wouldn't even call him a. It's not that I even have a problem with him being like, the face quotes in in quotes face. Uh, of this feud as being the less bad guy, I, I don't know. It's, he's not a f- <sighs> dude. There is um. Okay, I, I I think we'll get to this a little bit too because it's it's kind of strange how we dive into these things sometimes. I, I think we'll get there on the next thing we talk about. But there's a just a couple people in AEW that I'm just kind of tired of the shenanigans. Okay. Of. Well, King, okay, we're going to somebody you're not tired of, Kingston. Ah, never get tired of that. And, Kingston comes out and he wants to wrestle Omega and uh, Nakazawa's in the chair getting ready to fight. Uh, Kenny comes out, not going to happen. Uh, Nakazawa attacks fairly feebly with a clipboard. You know, we should. I thought it was a laptop. I thought it was a. Okay. I thought it was like a. Well, that makes uh, sense they didn't hit him hard with it. Yeah. He didn't want to break his laptop. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I saw somebody else call it a clipboard, so I might just be wrong. Right. But he also then, of course, Kenny uh, Kingston is a ba- spinning back fist, and that that's over. He's out. And Kenny comes out, and they back and forth, and he puts the chair over his le- over Nakazawa's leg. And my man Tony Schiavone yells out, oh, he's going to break the leg. <laughs> and it was kind of – it was it wasn't exactly those words, but it was kind of that tone. It was a little bloodthirsty. And it was, it was like – what do you mean? That's like, horrible. If anybody else was going to break somebody's leg, you'd be like, "Oh, gee golly gosh!" How could you ever do this? If that was if that was Omega with with the thing over somebody else's leg, right? We'd have a problem with. It. But it's okay to do Nakazawa's leg who's the freaking limo driver. Well, evidently Kenny thought it was okay too, because Kenny's like he, he knows that he signed Kenny up for. Kenny did, which I thought was a say hilarious that was fine. Line. That was fine <laughs> if you break his leg, but it's not going to because I have another goon, and he announces that get Cutler out here, and Cutler stumbles out, and I'm like, did they just throw him? And then I see Mox, and I'm like, oh, yeah. he got beat up, right? And so then of course we wind <laughs> up with Kenny's leg eventually after a beatdown of the two. Oh, I love just Mox choking him out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and so Kenny's down there choked out with his. And this is what I really had a problem with. Foot ready to stomp and break Kenny's ankle. And Callus says, you can have anything you want. And a man laying on the ground has three titles. 
in the same faction, there's a tag team belt. And we just want a tag team match with Nakazawa. And I thought that was, I, yeah, I thought they they really lowballed it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, bro, he said anything. You should have said a tag match and a new car, right? Or like anything, right? I, a I, title I, shot, at, anything. At oh. the very least, I would have said I want a title shot. I would have saved that negotiation segment for something bigger. Right. I, was, I loved the segment. I love it conceptually. Right. Don seeing his golden goose lay there, about to get messed up. Everything perfect. was perfect up until yo. We just want to wrestle. We just want a tag match with Nakazawa. It, or hey, how about what? a how about a you know barbed wire bat match with Nakazawa? And just anything other than just a match, right? Just it, a normal match. It's like, it's like what? Huh. You could get DQ'd. You two want to wrestle in a match as possible? You could get DQ'd in. Like are you sure? Well, you can't get DQ'd in in AW. But anyway, I digress. I do like you said. Everything was perfect. Why not? Dude, it would have been cool too if they would have been like, "Hey, I'll wrestle him for the Impact title. I'll wrestle him for the, yeah, yeah." And then you could have had some kind of shenanigans to keep him from getting it. You know what I mean? But anyway, I'll digress. Let's move on. You know, I think we should have a segment. Uh, whenever a wrestler shows up in a suit, we should rate how well the suit fits. I thought oh. Kenny looked good this week for a change. I think so. Yeah, I think it was more tailored. But like on a scale of like Bobby Lashley being the pinnacle. Yes. Yeah. And like. Oh, man, who had, like, the worst-fitting suit, like Triple H, early 2000s Triple H, where you yeah. just look at tent? Yeah. That, that'll that be the, the, the two levels. <laughs> also, Cesaro's lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. and so the last yeah. time he wore a suit to the ring, it just didn't fit him right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think he looks absolutely spectacular. He just needs when to he's, little, when little he's up. skivvies wrestling, but in a suit, it doesn't quite fit on him anymore. He should have, you know, but I'm sure he knows that after he walked out there. And moving on, we had Statlander versus Ford. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I did too. I, I, it, I don't know. Statlander, it just kind of clicked with me this week where I was mm-hmm. just like, man, I really, really like Statlander. Mm-hmm. Um, Penelope's a good little wrestler. Penelope is a good little wrestler. Kip's she's useless. She's looked better too. Kip's terrible. But is that's you, the point. Yeah. Now, Kip, now, Statlander goes over. Kip winds up going to try to apologize to Mero, tells the camera everything's cool. Everything's going to be fine. And and Meryl beats him within an inch of his life. He breaks his hands. Yeah. And then dude. he hugs him afterwards and he's like, I forgive you. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> dude, puts his hand in the door, said, are you ready? Are you ready? And slams the door on his hand. Oh, my God. And the crazy thing, too, was the optics of, because you couldn't really see his face when he threw him into the locker. And when he slammed his fist into the back of the locker and it made that noise, the optics was as if maybe he hit him in the face and his face and his head went back into it which was really cool little smart optics right 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 and so Miro looked like a killer here oh my god storms away that the whole I forgive you good talk was 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 spot perfect it it took it to the next level where I was like oh I love this right and it is a good place for him to go you can feud him with anybody right now and he's good to go yes oh man it took a while to get there but we're there that line last week where he's like, you got a title, you got a problem. Right. It's so dope. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Now we have our um, <laughs> match of the evening. Billy Gunn, Lee Johnson, Dustin versus QT, Nick. I can't say that name Camarado. very well. Camarado? Camarado. Camarado. And it, it's pretty straightforward. Solo? Uh, Aaron Solo, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Solo. And they enter through Cody's bus, which they have absconded, it seems. Yes. As if. Although there, there was a text I got from my best friend. What did that Cody say? Cody Rhodes. What did it say? 
I think I'm coming back tonight. And he did. Prophetic. But who would have thought it? Because he wasn't in the bus. That was the other guys. Okay. But maybe there was a stowaway. Terrible. So then we have a match. And they have this brawl. And it's kind of, you know, it's a typical brawl. Yeah. And then Anthony Gogo winds up winning the match for him with two belly shots, one to two different people. Uh, QT gets the pin on Johnson, but I did feel like Johnson got the showcase. I was going to say that. I think that Lee Johnson looked great. He got the showcase, even though he ate the, the pin. And I, he yeah. was the guy who looked great that in the That makes ring. me forgive the match for... Everything. Everything. Except right. post-match, uh-huh. when QT stumbles back to the bus, and lo and behold, you can see in the window who is waiting for him, uh, but Cody. Cody. They start brawling. There's that uh, Aubrey's over there for some reason. There's a bunch of like wrestlers. They go to fans. the top of a bus. They go to the top of a bus. Aubrey's up there as well, which was the funniest part. And Cody has him, and he can do anything to him. He can anything. throw him throw off, him off the, bus. the bus. They could lay. They could in in the real world yeah, lay like a whole slew of beds behind the bus and throw him off into the slew of beds. You could give him one of those jumpy house things that goes down anything and and all of that anything and you know what cody chooses a figure four for 30 seconds for and 30 then stands seconds. up and, and pumps done. his biceps oh yeah he flexes there's a shot like a, a low angle shot looking as, up at him as oh, the minions this. look upward at the this. prince of wrestling i hate all of this <laughs> Co- cody cody just seems to like he's like man you know what was cool when mox and eddie drove a car like what if i did something with my vehicle but it was nothing important nothing interesting i just I do just, a figure four on top of it I just, needlessly dangerous well here's the <laughs> sidebar he sat in a bus and allowed his whole crew to take that whooping while a go goes out there being the extra guy yeah he, he let his boys because i'm getting qt alone where are qt's boys dog and he finishes it <laughs> with a 30 second figure four and he wouldn't even it? tap down under those there? circumstances right right what? Why was it on top of a bus? Why I, was Cody flexing I actually, like he had achieved When vengeance. Aubrey was screaming at him, I thought, oh, is she going to... Is is it... A, was it a no... Was is this, this part of the match? match? I, I, I swear they counted that dude out a minute ago. <laughs> is, this, is this an elimination match? What happened here? But I it's, know... It's like Cody wants to have these big moments, and I want him I want him to have those oh, big and it moments, will be. but he just doesn't land the execution it, it will ever. be and there's a there's there's another company in the world that's famous for you have these things that maybe weren't great great moments and then you'll get like a 10 second snippet of it and maybe fade in and out with some color and run something else across it and pipe in some noise and it's like man i didn't remember that being that cool it's like, wow cody's standing victorious flexing it's right. got like music over it yeah it, it the, makes it's a good uh, uh video on the on the nitro commercial there'll be like fireworks exploding <laughs> behind the bus you know what i mean unicorns coming out streamers the whole works Oh man, it, it was it was a Cody segment. You it know was I mean? full Cody, um, the full Cody. This segment went the full Cody. Okay, Darby Allen versus Ten. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, I really I liked the finish quite a bit too. You want to talk about it? Uh, the finish ended up being well. Ethan Page runs in at some point uh, and gets a cheap shot in on Darby. Ten kind of has a back and forth on whether he should take advantage of it. Ends up uh, giving him a little bit of rest and then doing it. Then Darby. Uh, starts to like rip his face mask apart, which turned about fair play. Mm-hmm. Um, Darby's uh, someone. Someone described him as like a dirty boxer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll just poke you in the eye or rip your mask. Yeah. Eventually, Ten gets him in the full Nelson. Uh, 
This is the same thing as the Master Lock, right? It is, yeah, Full Nelson, full, Master Lock, Nelson, or yeah. uh, what Lashley's calling it, uh, Hurt Lock, whatever you call oh, it. Oh, I love that. Um, he gets him in it, and Darby's the perfect size to just be ragdolled yes. in it, which is it's the greatest visual is him just being flung around. And he walks the turnbuckle, kicks off the top one. Hits him, manages to flip over enough to pin his shoulders to the mat for three seconds, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a Darby finish. Darby manages to win like this through sheer speed, technique, a little bit of dirty boxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how he so wins. Too. It was great. And I did, dude. I hate to say this, but uh, I want to go back to my being convinced that that guy is in the super elite. That referee. Yeah. That dude's shoulders weren't down either. No. <laughs> it was a little. It, sloppy. But in this one, I don't know if his were, but they were great with the camera angle. They oh, never yeah. gave you an angle to tell whether or not his shoulders were down, which was the proper thing to do because you're ne- if if that's your finish, and I don't care what wrestling promotion you are, if that's your finish, you should know. Don't use the camera that shows the shoulders until after oh, yeah. it's over. That way, a guy can go, okay, his shoulder was down. Give him that angle. What you don't want to do live, no, right, right. I mean, and this was this was also a taped episode, so they had the luxury. Ah, of, they had the luxury, uh, which is always always that, something, dude. It, uh, dude, it feels like too. It's funny because I was watching the whole show and I thought, man, the wrestling's really smooth this whole time. There weren't a whole lot of. There was at at some point during the Young Bucks Matt Sidal or Matt and Mike Sidal match where it was day, and then night, and then I feel like at a certain point it just switched to night, and I was like, did they skip a few minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though, if it's a live crowd, why not give them a couple of minutes, and then if if the show runs a little long, you cut it off. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And the match was still off the chain fun. Right. So right. I, I yeah. it did not affect, but it literally, it, it was sun and then it wasn't. I was like, right. Well, I remember, you know what Shawn Michaels used to say? What's when, that? They would say, uh, like, if he was backstage and grilling, they would say, look, hey, we're cutting your match to 12 minutes. And he, then the guy would oh, man, I really wanted to do 15. And Shawn would go, hey, it's no problem. We're not going on last. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my three. Trust me. <laughs> they want to be mad about Vince it. Vince has been right? mad at me about other stuff, buddy. Come on, let's go get it. <laughs> if you're going on last, then you got 12 minutes. Yeah. Because you don't have hard, 12 minutes in two seconds. You got 12. Win. Right. Yeah. If you're going on second to last, you got as much time as you want. <laughs> Depending on how much flack you're willing to catch, you could got as much time. Right, well, yeah, where you are in the company, right? Because you can't, you know. If you're Shawn Michaels, you got as much time as you want. Sure, if you're Jamie Nobles, you might better hit 11, just to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> Last match stuff. We did have quite the uh, post-match. Sting kind of sort of, at one point, Darby's outside of the ring near the Dark Order crew, and Sting comes out to make sure everything's fair and square. He menaces them. Right, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They woke him up from the back, and he, and he walks out, <laughs> and he menaces them. And then, so there'll be no shenanigans here. Ethan Page was right there as well, by the way. Then Ethan winds up cheating 410, kind of, sort of, in a way there. But then post-match, Ethan does the jump, and as Sting is going to stop all that, Scorpio attacks, and we have Sting and a heel hook, because Sting probably ain't looking to do a Boston Crab or no. a... No, he's probably looking to do all Hugh that. Hulk is fine. Yes, yes. And Murderhawk comes out and saves them. And so, do we wind up with a Sting-Murderhawk alliance at some point? I hope so. Do we wind up with a Darby-Sting-Murderhawk alliance? That's a lot of words that I like together. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope so. 
Yeah, I think it could be fun. Now, what did you think about the episode? You liked it? Oh, dude, off the chain. I did too. I, I, I again, with the, the first half being just so much fun, I, I don't know, I, it felt like a kick in the pants. I just needed that. I was like, man. Right. I just, just giddy fun. Yeah. I do and think the second some, half had some great stuff. I think, I do think sometimes too, I can be so, uh, just because something isn't exactly what I would like it to be, I kind of, I'll nitpick it, but then that doesn't mean it wasn't fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know I mean? And then, trust me, I watch some wrestling shows that cannot be fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but but with with AEW, when it misses, it airs on the side of that was entertaining. You know, unless... At the end of the day. Just the, the, there's one thing about me with, with this particular brand is that I've gotten older and some of the blood and gut stuff doesn't do it for me like it once did. But by the same token, I can tell you 23-year-old me was a huge ECW guy. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And I remember the first time I saw somebody get a barbar baseball bat in the leg, and then if my memory is correct, what I thought I saw happen was them let go of the bat, and it stands straight up and down like this in the leg. Oh. And I remember thinking that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, was a bat sticking straight up and down in somebody's leg. But as you get older... You know, I'm on the it's other like, side of old. You know what I mean? I'm real old. Okay, so for my man Jared, for me KP, I did so much for Ray and Absentinia. We are a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the Gin Project.com, the G I N N Project. Go home. <laughs>